Daly here. Welcome to a live edition of the No Spin News, Wednesday, January 6th. And uh, we are going to report a very disturbing situation to you in a precise, methodical, and honest manner because you cannot get this kind of reportage on the corporate media or in the ideological press. All right, we're going to walk through it in a very calm, deliberate way so you know exactly how bad this whole thing is, because it is awful. So more than 100,000 demonstrators emerged um, today on the streets of Washington, D.C. to protest the election. As President Trump continues to say, it was a fraud. There was corruption. The president is certainly within his constitutional rights to say that, and the protesters are exercising their constitutional rights to agree with the president and dissent from the vote. The reason that this was held today, this mass protest, again, north of 100,000 people, a big crew, is because Congress is in the process of certifying the electoral votes, which would mean that Joe Biden would be president when that is completed. They do that on Capitol Hill. It is overseen by Vice President Mike Pence. Now, Mr. Biden will be, and I emphasize the words, will be, sworn in as president two weeks from today. Nothing is going to stop that. The protesters should know that. Some of them do, some of them don't. But again, the protesters have a right to vent their anger over allegations of fraud in the election. That is a protected right. But earlier in the afternoon, things began to get out of control. The first thing that happened was President Trump himself gave an address to his supporters outside of the White House. It was pretty much the same thing he has said. The election was stolen from him and the people who voted for him. This was the most egregious bit of treachery, political treachery in history, and the media is corrupt and allowed it to go on. That was the essence of the speech. When it was over, many in the crowd then marched to Capitol Hill in mass. There were a lot of people. The Washington, D.C. authorities, I guess, weren't prepared for that. I don't know how they couldn't be, because that's where the process was going on. Now, inside the Capitol, there were senators and congresspeople together. And some Republican senators and congresspeople were objecting to certain states' electoral votes because they believed there were fraud. There was fraud in those states, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Georgia. Okay, so that process is underway. And again, that process is entirely legal under our Constitution. But then, but then, the traitors, the seditionists, broke into the nation's capital, overwhelming Capitol Police. Now we have criminals. These are now morphed from protesters to criminals. You can wave the American flag all day long, but this is no different than the social justice people looting and burning buildings. It is no different. Okay, now those people, if they are identified, 
should go to prison, as should the looters, the arsonists, and the social justice people who hurt civilians and police. They are all criminals. I hope everyone understands that. There is no excuse for this. You do not run a country on mob rule. It's impossible. No matter what your sympathies are, you cannot condone this. And all of us must demand that the federal authorities prosecute those people who broke into the nation's capital. Now, here's the worst part. Now, I'm going to show you some graphic video. If you don't want to see it, tune away. A woman who got into the Capitol somehow, I don't know her name, has not been released, was shot dead. We don't know who shot her. She was a Trump supporter based on apparel, okay? The woman was shot in the neck, taken to the hospital where she died. So, now we have murder, right? This is what happens when mobs take over. We had this in the social justice stuff, and we have it now. This cannot be permitted. So, the woman is a martyr to what? To what? I don't know. Why was she inside the Capitol? Why couldn't she just stay outside and protest outside? Everyone in the world knows that more than 70% of people who voted for Donald Trump believe the election was corrupt. Everyone knows that. You don't have to take it any further. The message is out. Okay, so all of this violence shocks the nation, because we live in an age of instant communication. So it's all over TV. It's all over the Internet. And of course, the and I don't know what the word is, but I will use haters. But that's not strong enough. The haters in the media immediately inflame the situation by blaming Donald Trump for all the violence, just as they blamed Donald Trump for COVID. It was disgusting. Instead of trying to draw back, maybe calm things down on television, okay, maybe get the facts to report to you, no. The Fox News Channel reported responsibly, and I want to compliment Bill Hammer, who is their lead anchor through most of it, okay? You didn't get any histrionics. You didn't get any, well, you got a little hate, but not much. It was tamped down fast on FNC. The rest of them, I mean, I almost got sick to my stomach watching it, I have to tell you. So also watching, along with you, me, and millions of other Americans, was President-elect Biden, who then issued a statement. Roll it. At this hour, our democracy is under unprecedented assault, unlike anything we've seen in modern times, an assault and the Citadel of Liberty, the Capitol itself. An assault on the people's representatives and the Capitol Hill police sworn to protect them and the public servants who work at the heart of our republic. 
an assault on the rule of law like few times we've ever seen it. I don't have any problem with that statement. Then Mr. Biden went on to petition, directly petition, President Trump. You've heard me say before in different contexts, the words of a president matter, no matter how good or bad that president is. At their best, the words of a president can inspire. At their worst, they can incite. Therefore, I call on President Trump to go on national television now to fulfill his oath and defend the Constitution and demand an end to this siege. And the president did that. Roll it. I know you're pain. I know you're hurt. We had an election that was stolen from us. It was a landslide election, and everyone knows it, especially the other side. But you have to go home now. We have to have peace. We have to have law and order. We have to respect our great people in law and order. We don't want anybody hurt. It's a very tough period of time. There's never been a time like this where such a thing happened, where they could take it away from all of us, from me, from you, from our country. This was a fraudulent election, but we can't play into the hands of these people. We have to have peace. So go home. We love you. You're very special. You've seen what happens. You see the way others are treated that are so bad and so evil. I know how you feel. But go home and go home in peace. Now, tonight, There is a curfew in Washington, D.C. The National Guard is there to restore order or maintain order. Um, As we went to air live, you're listening to me live right now, um, the Capitol was uh, being cleared. And um, the senators and representatives are going to continue the certification of the electoral votes. So that is where we are right now. It is sad, of course, and I'm not going to riddle you with cliches as most of the other broadcasters do. I'm a proud American. I stand up for my country. I love my country. And this was horrible to watch. All right. There's no justification for it. I'll make it again. I'll make it again. There is no difference between those people who went into the Capitol today and the people who looted and rioted and burned and hurt people after George Floyd. They're the same, just on different spectrums. Everyone should understand that. Now the assessment, 10 points. First, President-elect Biden. What he said was correct. He should have made the statement he did. But I would feel, as an American, much more comfortable with Mr. Biden had he made a statement similar when the social justice stuff was happening. He was shy, to say the least, at the Democratic convention, not one mention of all the pandemonium and destruction caused by criminals after George Floyd. Not one mention by Mr. Biden or any other Democrat. 
So don't now, don't now say that you're so concerned about hooligan protesters. Now, I'm saying that in a general sense. Maybe President-elect Biden has learned his lesson. I doubt it. I think he's an ideological, political guy. What he did today was correct. What he has done in the past does not give me confidence that he is a strong leader. President Trump, enough. We got it. I sympathize. When Attorney General Barr said there was corruption in the election, but it didn't rise to an overturn of the vote, my question was, I'd like to know about the corruption, Mr. Attorney General. I'd like to know exactly who did what. Has that been forthcoming? No, it has not. The Justice Department didn't do it, and Congress will not do it. That is horrible. A horrible dereliction of duty. And you are right to be angry about it, Mr. President Trump. But enough. We got it. More than 70% of those who voted for you believe the election was rigged. The point is there. Unless the Supreme Court steps in, nothing is going to happen. And unless there's overwhelming evidence of fraud, which the Justice Department has not produced, nor has Congress, Ted Cruz or any of the guys supporting you, Mr. President, nor have your own lawyers. I mean, very serious, demonstrable evidence. Joe Biden's going to be president in two weeks. Accept it, because you're tearing the nation apart. We're going to get to Georgia in a, in a minute, but President Trump did not help the Republicans in Georgia. He did not. And I'll explain that coming up. So, Mr. President, with all due respect and with sympathy, because I do believe that you got hammered in that election. And I want to know. And if President-elect Biden were really interested in all the people of the United States, he would order a federal investigation of the entire election to find out what happened, exactly what happened, and to send the corruptors to prison if there is evidence to do that. And that's the truth. But no more. Got two weeks in the White House, Mr. President. Go out. You don't have to concede. You don't have to show up at the uh, inaugural. In fact, that would not be a good thing for the country. Be polite to the Bidens. Have breakfast with them on the day of the inauguration, as the Obamas did with you. Give him some advice that you'd like to give him. And then leave. Certainly, you can run again if you choose to. Get 70 more million people voted for you. But enough of this now. Not good for the country. Not good for anybody. Think of the dead woman. Vice President Pence. So President Trump, unfortunately, tweets out, quote, Mike Pence didn't have the courage to do what should have been done to protect our country and our Constitution, giving states a chance to certify a corrected set of facts, not the fraudulent or inaccurate ones they were asked to previously certify. 
Mike Pence does not have the power to do that. Only the Supreme Court does. All right. The vice president of the United States, according to our Constitution, is a facilitator. All right. He presents the arguments about certifying or not certifying the electoral votes. He doesn't make unilateral decisions about what happens in the states. That has never happened. It never will happen. It is clearly unconstitutional. No vice president would have that kind of power. It is up to the House of Representatives and the Senate to block the certification of electoral votes from Pennsylvania or anywhere else by majority vote. If the majority vote to block, it gets blocked. That's how the Constitution works. So Pence did his job. And he's been very loyal to Donald Trump, and he did not deserve that tweet from Mr. Trump. I know the president's upset, but you've got to bring some kind of discipline, Mr. President, to the last couple of weeks. The violators, the people who broke into the Capitol, now have besmirched the whole thing. So whereby there was some high ground in the sense that the attorney general admitted there was corruption in the election. I don't think he'd lie. Now, he didn't want to deal with it. That's true. He quit. He's not there. But he said there was. But now, because of the break into the Capitol, all that high ground is gone. And you guys who did that are at the same level of the looters, anarchists, mob rule people. So Americans are not going to sympathize. You lost, lost the high ground of protest. It was a valid protest. Those media people who say it wasn't are lying and they're evil. They are evil. I mean, I'm watching it today. I'm just going, what are these people and AT&T is allowing this on CNN. I'll never, I'll never do anything with AT&T again. Disney, too. Forget it. You're allowing this? And you would think that they, if you're going to have some kook blaming people for criminal behavior, that you'd have somebody else on to counter it. No. I, I was so disgusting, I had to turn it off to five minutes. That's how bad it was. But you violators, you people who defiled our Congress today, no excuse. I give you a hard time. If I was a federal judge, you'd do hard time in a federal prison. All right. Um, America is in the middle of a civil war. The Second Civil War. I've covered this for the last four years. It was a cultural civil war. Now it's a political civil war. There's no doubt about it. All right. It's not a shooting war except for that woman who's dead. For her, it was a shooting war. But the level of violence and the potential for violence is growing. That means that all of the politicians, Biden, Trump, everybody else, Got to bring it down. Now, you can't expect the media to do that because they're savages. They're 
absolute savages. On the network news, CNN, MSNBC, you know. I don't have to tell you. You know. But responsible people have to bring it down. Or there's going to be more people dead. And we can't have it. You got to take a strong arm approach, President-elect Biden, do it. Do it. I didn't think Donald Trump took a strong enough approach on the looters and the arsonists after George Floyd. Because you knew the locals weren't going to prosecute him, and they didn't. But the feds could have. And they didn't. They should have. We got to stop this. And the way you stop it is to punish people who create anarchy, who break the law. They are criminals, seditionists. They are traitors. The person who breaks into the bodega and steals from the working class people just trying to get by under the guise of social justice is a traitor to this country. Just as the person is who carries an American flag, breaks the window in a Capitol and goes inside. You're traitors. Let's see if I have anything else I want to say here. 90% of us are loyal Americans. Even the people I disagree with, um, The haters, I don't think, are loyal Americans. So maybe the number is 80% of us, 75%. There's a lot of haters out there. Tonight, you're going to see it. I mean, if you watch this and then you watch others, you look at the Hollywood people. Oh, I can't even tell you. They're haters. They just hate. All right? It's not a crime to hate, but it's a moral. In my religion, it's a mortal sin. Hate all over the place. Responsible leaders are going to bring it down. Let's see if there's anything else I want to say tonight. And I appreciate you watching us. And I hope you um, respect our coverage. You don't have to agree with it. I want you to respect it. Next week, things will calm down. I'm going to make that prediction. I think Donald Trump will pull back. He made his point. It's not going to, the election is not going to be derailed. So next week... The last week of his presidency, full week, I want things to calm down. Clean up what you have to clean up, Mr. Trump. Okay, I would make an address to the country. One final one. I would do that. I hope it's like your State of the Union last January. That was a magnificent speech. Okay, for the rest of this program, um, we taped our analysis of Georgia earlier in the day. Okay, it's good. By that, I mean, it'll tell you why the two Republicans lost. They should not have lost. I mean, Georgia, yes, is changing, but it's not insane. And the Republicans did turn out in Georgia to vote for the Republican senators. But they lost. And there were Three reasons why they lost. And I'm going to give you those reasons. We're going to have a guest. All right. And then we'll do some, uh, some other business and wrap up the program. Okay. So once again, we appreciate you watching this live edition of the No Spin News. I hope you found it worthy. 
please let me know. Bill at BillOReilly.com, name in town, of course. All right. Tomorrow, we're going to spend a lot of time on your reaction to what has happened tonight in Washington and Tuesday in Georgia. Roll the tape on our coverage of the senatorial vote. So I was surprised about Georgia. I thought at least one Republican senator would win. Um, And when I was watching it, CNN, uh, their broadcasters, Wolf Blitzer and the other people, they got nervous about uh, 10, 1030. Um, And I kind of stood up and said, ooh. But the Atlanta area overwhelmed the Republican areas in the state. It was all about Atlanta, as it is in New York State, all about New York City. In Chicago, all about Illinois, I should say, all about Chicago, L.A., California, and on and on and on and on. Um, But there were reasons that this happened, and some of them are very disturbing. At the end of the program, I'm going to do a personal note tonight to you about the direction of the country, so you might want to stay tuned for that. So let's uh, run it down. So you'll remember that on November 3rd, in the presidential vote, uh, Senator David Perdue beat John Ossoff by 86,000 votes. So I based my analysis on that. I said, why, if the same two people were running, would um, Ossoff beat the incumbent Perdue if Purdue won the first time by 86,000 votes. I'm a simple man, simple analysis. Same thing on Kelly Loeffler uh, running against Raphael Warnock. Now, the combination of Loeffler and Collins last November 3rd had 635,000 more votes than Warnock. I mean, it's astounding. Astounding. Now, there were two Republicans running because this was a seat, is a seat, that a guy retired, Johnny Isaacson, retired. So Warnock, even though he won last night, is only in for two years. He's not a six. I'm going to tell you about that in a moment. So anyway, I, uh, I said, look, if, if these numbers, I understand that Donald Trump is a special case. It's not a party line vote with him for or against. But Georgia seems to be a Republican traditional state. So I believed shortly after the presidential vote, that both senators would be reelected and the majority in the Senate would be held by the GOP, grand old party. I was wrong. Not an excuse, but I'm not clairvoyant. So Claire can see into the future. I can't. Two things happened. Two very, very intense things. Number one, President Trump accused the state of Georgia, holding a fraudulent election. Very vehemently accused the state. Attacked the governor, attacked the lieutenant governor, both Republican, secretary of state, Republican. And he did it for two months because he believes that the Georgia vote was corrupt. That's what Donald Trump believes. So that the people of Georgia heard that pretty much every day. The second thing was the COVID check. So President Trump and most Democrats and some Republicans wanted $2,000 to go to you and me for COVID relief. 
Mitch McConnell, the Senate Majority Leader, blocked that. Single-handedly would not bring it to a vote, just like he sabotaged Kate's law when I was involved a few years ago. So the folks are getting $600 instead of $2,000 because of the Republican majority leader in the Senate. Huge. Huge. Okay? So the combination of those two things led to a record turnout in Georgia. More people voted for Senate than for the president. 32% of the electorate in Georgia is black. 93% of African-American voters yesterday voted Democratic. 93%. That was it. Over. Republicans turned out in big numbers. They didn't stay home. But the black vote combined with the independent vote squeaked it by. And I mean squeaked it by. So Ossoff and uh, Purdue, that's still not called. There's about a 16,000 as they go to tape vote difference, and there are military votes to be counted. We try to figure out how many military votes and overseas votes are still to be counted. State of Georgia doesn't know. I mean, we call the call, the call, the call. Can't get it. But I doubt that there'll be enough to overturn a 16,000-vote lead. Now, there could be a recount because if you're within 0.5%, which uh, Purdue and Ossoff are, Ossoff, again, winning by just 16,000 out of 4.5 million votes cast. So you can see. So this is no mandate for anybody. This was an up or down vote on Donald Trump and the Republican Party. That's what it was. Nobody was voting for Ossoff. Some African-Americans were, were voting for Warnock. Both men are radical leftists. So now Georgia, which was very recently a traditional red state, has put in two radical left-wing senators. It's, I don't want to use the word horrifying, but I, it, it staggers the imagination, at least mine. And I'm right most of the time. So that's where we are. And it looks like Biden will have his mandate to do what he wants. However, and this is a big however, that is not a lockdown. And I'll get to it in a moment. Very important. But let's take a look at the black vote because this was and is all over the country. Very, very important now. There is no difference that African-Americans and white Americans see their country differently. I cannot criticize any person of color for their view of America because I cannot experience what they have experienced. Any other white person, I can. I have a similar experience of what they have, but not black people. So I never get involved with the skin color situation. The African-American votes out of self-interest as the white American does, as everybody does. Self-interest, what's best for me and my family? 
That's what democracy is all about. There's nothing wrong with that. The African-American votes out of self-interest. And the party that gives African-Americans the most, or at least gives lip service to it, is the Democratic Party. So at this point in history, the Democratic Party has actually elevated African-Americans to special status. They already get special treatment as far as entitlements are concerned, benefit of the doubt, crime, you name it. African-Americans get special treatment by the Democratic Party. There is no question about that. So if you're African-American, who are you going to vote for? You're going to vote for a Democrat, particularly because in your neighborhood and in the culture, it's almost 100 percent Republicans are bad. Donald Trump did a lot of good for African-Americans because he lifted the economy to a level whereby there were so many jobs available that wages went up for everybody. Didn't matter what color you were. But that, in the end, didn't mean anything. Because what really means a lot to African-Americans and white Americans is peer pressure. When you have LeBron James, Oprah, Michelle and Barack Obama, Beyonce, Jay-Z, every rapper, on and on and on and on, telling you that Republicans are bad, Trump's the devil, which they do, that's a tremendous amount of peer pressure, particularly if you're not thinking for yourself. Okay? So if you live in a predominantly black neighborhood in Atlanta, and you go out with a MAGA hat on in your neighborhood, you're not going to be well-received. You're not going to be cool. There may even be a confrontation. This is huge. And in Georgia, you have a movement that tells black voters, you're being suppressed. You're being conned. And the media is behind all that telling African-Americans, you don't have a chance. It's white privilege, white supremacy. You, you don't have a chance unless you vote for progressives because they'll wipe all that out through socialism. Now, do black Americans really want socialism? I don't think so. I think they're the same as white Americans when it comes to achievement. They'd like to achieve and enjoy the benefits of achievement, I think. Again, I'm not black. I can't speak to that experience, but I do have black friends for decades. They're not different than me. They want a good life for their family. They don't want the government telling them what to do every second or controlling their income or taking their wealth. They don't want that. But the massive black turnout in Georgia for the Democrats was because there was a perception in the African-American community that the Republicans don't care about them and that the Democrats do. And that's why these two radical leftists got elected. 
Now, all of us are going to have to deal with that. Okay. So, there are a lot of people, and I've been listening to talk radio and why it's hopeless to watch TV anymore, because, but talk radio is a little bit raw. You, you get callers and things like that. A lot of people are giving up. Don't do that. This is still the best country on earth. We're in a down cycle historically. There's no doubt we are. We've got a very controversial president, okay, who drove 74 million people to vote for him, but 80 million people to vote against him. He doesn't think 80 million people did, but it was an up or down vote on Trump, just like it was an up or down vote yesterday on the Republican Party in Georgia. It wasn't about Ossoff. Warnock a little, because he's black. Okay, so I tell people, look, it's two years that the Democrats are going to control both houses of Congress and have the presidency. Because in two years, there are 34 Senate seats up. 34. Most of them Republican. But I think there are 12 Democrats up, including Warnock. If things go south, which they well might economically, you're going to see a backlash, a ferocious backlash, against liberal Democrats, the progressive movement. Two years. In the meantime, there's one man, and he is now the most powerful man in Washington, standing in the way of insanity, and that's Democratic Senator Joe Manchin from West Virginia. Roll the tape. 50-50 means there's a tie. But if one senator does not vote on a Democratic side, there is no tie and there is no bill. So I commit to you tonight, and I commit to all of your viewers and everyone else that's watching, I want to lay those fears, I want to rest those fears for you right now, because when they talk about whether it be packing the courts or ending the filibuster, I will not vote to do that. There it is. So, Manchin, I wouldn't be surprised, and I don't have any inside information, if he switches parties. That would not stop Chuck Schumer from being the Senate Majority Leader or all the Democrats controlling the Senate committees, which is really, really going to be awful, in my opinion, because we're not looking for the truth, are we, in this country anymore? We are not looking for the truth. But Manchin, and there may be a couple of others, um, they could stop the madness. And Manchin's on record as saying he's going to do that. Now, you also have a couple of wild cards in the Republican Party, Murkowski in Alaska, Romney, but Romney usually falls into line. Finally, President Trump, um, you know, look, he rallies his base, his base loves him. He's got a big base, but just as many people in America hate him. And you've got to accept that fact. Just as many voters hate Donald Trump and vote against him to the detriment of their own self-interest, as love him. And that's what we're seeing in this entire election cycle. Joining us now, John Malcolm. He is vice president for the Institute of Constitutional Government. All right, after now, the two Democrats in Georgia are certified. How does the country change, in your opinion? 
the, the, the Democrats uh, capturing those two Georgia Senate seats gives them an effective uh, majority, because if there's a tie vote, Vice President Kamala Harris will will break any tie. You mentioned Joe Manchin in your lead in, John Tester uh, as well. They're going to hold a lot of power. I don't see them switching parties. The Democrats will do anything they can to keep them uh, in the fold, but they are certainly going to exercise a tremendous amount of power in terms of how progressive President, you know, how much of, of President Biden's progressive agenda gets passed. Your assessment of what Mr. Biden really wants to do. I mean, you know, we know Nancy Pelosi, we know Schumer. They're basically going to try to patronize their voters, give the voters what they want. Is Biden in the same category? That's hard to say. Uh, certainly in his past as a senator and when he was vice president, he was a voice for, for moderation. Uh, that appeared to go a little bit of the, to the wayside when he was running certainly for the Democratic nomination and since, since then. There's going to be a lot of pressure on him, particularly now that they have control in the House and, and effective control, uh, although very tenuous, uh, in the Senate to be more aggressive in terms of pushing a progressive uh, agenda. We will have to see. Uh, you know, he's now getting around to naming his cabinet picks. Some are, are recognized as being more progressive than others. Um, you know, he, he hasn't set forth his, his legislative agenda yet, but we'll see how much of the Green New oh, Deal. Your assessment of him. Look, he wanted to be president. He said what he had to say to get to be president. He doesn't even <laughs> like Kamala Harris. Do you know that? He doesn't even like Kamala Harris. Okay. I, you know I didn't that? know that. Okay. No, because I, I, have she, no, I have no inside knowledge on their relationship. She made him look like a racist in a debate. You'll remember that. And he didn't want her as VP, but it was an identity politics choice. She checked two boxes, a woman, and he had pledged to nominate a woman as vice president, and a person of color, which he needed to mobilize the blacks because Hillary Clinton did not. So now you have a guy, a president, as you just said, we don't even know what he will do. I suspect he's going to do what he's told to do. And the people that are closest to him are Obama people. Is Obama a progressive radical, do you think? Certainly by my lights, he pushed an aggressive uh, agenda. I mean, look, the president has already said that he wants to rejoin uh, the Paris Climate Accord. He wants to re-enter into the Iran uh, deal. Uh, you know, he is going to take the country in a very different direction, just how far to the left he tacks, you're right, remains uh, to be seen. There will be a lot of pressure uh, on him to move to the left, and we'll see whether he resists it or not. Okay, but, you know, I don't care whether he joins the Paris Accord or I care about the Iranian nuke deal, and that's really dangerous because those mullahs know they can do a lot more than they could do under Donald Trump, who would have smashed them. Uh, Biden, he, he didn't want to get bin Laden, if you remember. But it's all about the economy, is it not? Because Trump's economy was, was good. I mean, it's about COVID, but COVID looks to me to be containable with the vaccine. I could be wrong, but the odds are it will be contained by summer. Um, and then if the Democrats want to hold power two years from now, they're going to have to have a vibrant economy. So it's all about that for Joe Biden, or am I wrong? 
Well, look, I, I never want to ignore foreign affairs. It's a potentially very dangerous world. And we have a lot of conflicts around the world, particularly with the Russians and the Chinese. But the economy uh, is certainly critical and on people's minds. And, you know, if there's no question that if he pushes the agenda too far uh, to the left, there can be an, an electoral backlash uh, in 2022. You pointed out that there are more vulnerable Republicans uh, up for reelection in the Senate. Uh, but, you know, if if a Biden agenda goes too far to the left, the Republicans may very well end up capturing the Senate back and taking control of the House. We'll have to see what he does. All right, Mr. Malcolm, thanks very much. We really appreciate it. This day in history, January 6th, 2001, Congress certifies George W. Bush as president. Now, this is a fascinating story because of what's happening today in Washington. All right. So Vice President Al Gore, who Bush beat, by 500 votes in Florida. You remember the Supreme Court decision. Bush is the president. Gore, to his credit, came in and said, all right, that's what the system says. I think I won, but I'm not going to push it any further. And Bush was sworn in. The electoral vote count, 271 for George W. Bush, one over the limit, 266 for Al Gore. Popular vote, Gore won. So Gore did the country a favor 20 years ago today. Quick break, back with some mail and a final thought, which is important. Hey guys, it's Vivek Ramaswamy here, inviting you to listen to my podcast, Truth. We just relaunched it after the campaign, and we are already riding up the podcast charts. Here's why. I think that hard, in-depth conversations about the tough issues is the only way we're going to get this country back. Because make no mistake, we are currently in a war for the future of America, and you cannot win a war unless you're willing to speak the truth. If you want standard conservative talking points, this podcast is not for you. But if you want to go deeper and hear the conversations you're not going to find anywhere else, the conversations that will challenge you, that will challenge me, then subscribe to Truth with Vivek Ramaswamy on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I promise you, you're going to cover terrain that you're not going to hear elsewhere. All right, let's get to the mail on a message board at BillOReilly.com. By the way, you could reach me at Bill at BillOReilly.com, name in town, if you write to us, please. LT, Bill, if someone intentionally misleads me about something consequential, they're not likely to regain my confidence ever. Me too. If it's a calculated thing, if I know the person is purposely misleading me, and that can go to media people on TV or radio or personal people. I don't trust them again. Janet, does bother me that the news media is misleading me and others. That's why I'm a premium member to BillOReilly.com, even if the truth hurts, and it does. Well, we're going to tell you the truth, Janet. Casey Clay Olathe, Kansas. Bill, being misled has made me more cynical of the institutions that have been considered icons, especially the media. However, there are those who do not mind being misled as long as the false narrative fits into their belief system. That is true. That is true. Mark Martell, Morana, Arizona. Bill, I do take it personally when misled by someone you once trusted. If you can't remove them from your life, you definitely engage them differently. You know the old Indian saying from Killing Crazy Horse? Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame on me. Uh, da, 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 da. 
Tom O'Reilly. Good last name, Tom. Davenport, Florida. I'm sure many are asking this. If the Senate is 50-50, how is Schumer the majority leader? Because the president and vice president are Democrats. And the president of the Senate is the vice president. They have the majority. That's why Schumer is the leader. Lena Kay, concierge member. Thank you, Lena. If Joe Biden can't stand Kamala, why did he pick her for VP? Because of the uh, identity politics, as we explained. Janice Lawrence, Chicago Ridge, Illinois. Uh-oh, getting close, Janet. As a lifelong resident of Illinois, I realize Governor Pritzker is woeful. But you keep saying he's the worst governor in American history. Can you give me your reasoning? Janice, I already have, but I'll do it again. Tens of thousands of innocent, poor people have been shot in Chicago on Pritzker's watch. Tens of thousands. What has he done about it? The answer is nothing. You don't get worse than that. James Hutchison, Gross Point Woods, Michigan. Bill, your progressive manifesto was the most informative segment of all time. And if you are a premium or concierge member, you can get the transcript of the progressive manifesto. Very important that you know exactly what it is. Kevin White, Raleigh, North Carolina. Happy New Year, Bill. I'm enjoying my first killing book, Killing Reagan. It's a quick and interesting read. Love the footnote facts and flow. We have nine books. Killing Crazy Horse, still a bestseller. All right. So now, as the pandemic continues, put your home time to good use. Get those killing books. All right, word of the day, do not be a popinjay when writing to BillOReilly.com. And me, specifically, do not be a popinjay, one of my favorite words. I heard it in an old movie the other day. I think it was a Bogart movie. Um, we'll be back with a final thought on why you need this new service more than ever before. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its free fall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Okay, so as I said, top program, I am very disappointed that the uh, Georgia vote put two radical left-wing people into the Senate. But there's nothing I can do about it. And there's nothing I can do about the inauguration of Joe Biden. And I am a loyal 
American citizen. That doesn't mean I'm here forever. It doesn't mean that I'm going to allow myself to be abused by the government. But it means that I am going to take it easy. Now, that doesn't mean I'm going to turn away. And this is why you, your family, your friends need us in the next two years. We are going to tell you what is going to happen in this country before it happens. Most news agencies are reactive, and they don't even tell you the truth. They black out stuff like Kamala Harris's plagiarism. Good example today. We never do that. We tell you the truth. But now I'm going to devote all my energies to telling you what's going to happen or what's likely going to happen so you can prepare yourself. I get, I don't know, maybe 30 questions a day from concierge members on BillOReilly.com. Those are the people that can email me privately and ask for advice or more information or whatever they need in a private setting. Okay, I'm like their counselor, advisor. That's concierge membership. Anyway, they say, what should I do with my money? I, I don't want to lose my money. Now, I can't give you specific financial advice. I can't do that. But what I can tell you is what I'm doing what I'm doing personally, okay? And that might be of use to you. And I do that in every problem. You have a problem, you send it to me. Sometimes I can actually solve the problem for you. Sometimes. Other times I can say, well, I would do this. Or you might try that. And then if there's a do story that you want to dig further in, I'll give you what we have. Because I can't always do that on this broadcast. So this news service now becomes a personal benefit to you rather than just something you absorb. And I want to make that very, very plain that we are living in a down cycle in America. This is not a good time for this country for many, many, many reasons. People are voting on emotion, not up here. You're being misled by the media. There are radical socialists that want to blow up the entire system and hurt you in the process. This is not a good time in America. But we've been through this stuff before. It's a cycle. And if this economy goes south, the economy that President Trump built, and he did, if it goes down, the backlash against the Democratic Party and the far left is going to be ferocious. And I think that may happen. But I will be telling you along the way, all right, this is what's coming up. This is what you might do to react, okay? So this is a compact. This program that you're watching is a compact now between me and you. I've never done this before. I've been doing this uh, news analysis for 25 years. I've never done it before, but I think the country is in such bad shape now because of the corruption of the corporate media that you can't get the truth. You can't. Well, I'll give it to you. And you may not like it, as one of our correspondents said tonight, but that's not going to stop me from giving it to you. So spread the word. More people we have watching, more people we have joining BillOReilly.com, the more power we will assemble. And that power is going to be put to help you. We'll see you tomorrow.